The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday evening. Cove Ramblers nil, Waterford nil at half time in the First Division playoff final. Rory is going to join us live from the cross later on. We'll hear from Cork City manager Richie Holland. Of course, the Rebel Army will face the winner of that game next week in the relegation promotion playoff. St. Catharines had a big win in the Munster Junior Hurling Championship. We have reaction to that and we'll also preview Sarsfields versus Ballygunner tomorrow in the Munster Senior Hurling Club Championship with Dennis Hurley. King Callum Walsh fights at Madison Square Garden next week. I've been speaking to him as he prepares for the biggest night of his career so far. We'll also round up the day's action in the Premier League and the URC. Speaking of, it's Munster 17, Dragons 7 at Musgrave Park. It's just about to go halftime there. All of that between here and 7. You're listening to The Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock. And uh, you can get in touch with us 0868104106 or on Twitter or X as it's called these days at Big Red Bench where you can also fo- uh, follow some updates of that Cove Ramblers versus Waterford game um, at the cross, of course, first division playoff and the winner playing Cork City in the uh, relegation promotion playoff. Rory is going to join us on the line a little later on. Before we get into the day's action, it's a big day of horse racing tomorrow in Mallow, of course. It's Cork National Day. Uh, the first race is actually quite an early start. First race is off at 10 to 12. Um, fairly be fairly fairly well on by the time quarter past three comes around for the big one uh, Royal Thief is the 4-1 to favourite for uh, Jack Kennedy and Gordon Elliott and uh, I suppose that explains itself really that's uh, stable in very good form Jack Kennedy as well but I expect a lot of money will go to the local boy Michael O'Sullivan of course uh, riding call tune for Barry uh, Connolly's 11-2 to in that one but uh, yeah certainly going to be an interesting day's racing in Cork and hopefully it all goes ahead as well because nearly everywhere else in the country has been uh, has been abandoned and a lot abandoned as well over the last couple of days in England as well but uh, should be a big day in uh, Mallow Racecourse Cork Racecourse of course tomorrow alright uh, let's jump straight into the action in the Premier League Man City thumped Bournemouth 6-1 to go top of the Premier League Arsenal could climb above them with a heavy enough victory over Newcastle in the late game but a heavy victory over Newcastle these days isn't exactly uh, walking the park although well Aston Villa may have something to, to say about that uh, Newcastle United nil Arsenal nil there so far that was a Brighton actually it's, it's a long time ago now the start of the season it's been a long season for United fans you know that game is uh, underway at St James's Park uh, Brighton rescued a late point at Everton in a one all draw Sheffield United got their first win with a 2-1 victory over Wolves elsewhere Crystal Palace got the better of Burnley 2-0 at Turf Moor and Nathan Collins scored the winner for Brentford they beat West Ham 3-2 and let's hear about that one uh, big Nathan Collins with a goal uh, the winner as well at the GTech Community Stadium is Guy Swindles Brentford 3 West Ham 2 a 14th London derby undefeated for the home side had to do it the hard way though took the lead in the 11th minute through Neil Malpay on his return to the club first goal in 45 matches Kudos and Bowen Kudos's goal was wonderful gave the Hammers the lead at half time though second half Brentford dominant they got a goal to 
equalised through Mavropanos heading into his own net and then Nathan Collins from another fine cross from the right-hand side, another towering header, thumping the ball home in the 69th minute. After that, both teams had chances, but Brentford deserved this one. It finished Brentford 3, West Ham 2. Uh, earlier Manchester United need a stoppage time goal from Bruno Fernandes to beat Fulham 1-0 in the Premier League big goal for Bruno uh, hitting, back, hitting back at a lot of critics there victory eases the pressure on boss Eric Ten Hag he says it was a good win and a solid performance I'm pleased with it uh, pleased uh, especially with the, the spirit in the team I was pleased with the way we pressed against Fulham I think they play very decent football from the back but we never allowed them to play from the back it was all right from United. It was grand. It was a big win, though. And I think uh, Andrew Onana's performance was prob- probably the biggest uh, positive out of it. Uh, to be fair, Harry Maguire did quite well as well. Um, but uh, Andrew Onana made some very crucial saves in goals, to be fair to him. And he seems to be finally settling in. Touch wood big time on that one. He'll do something crazy now against Copenhagen during the week, I suppose. Uh, Celtic made their extra man count to beat Ross County 3-0 away and move eight points clear at the top of the Scottish Premiership earlier on. Uh, big news in uh, women's football. Chelsea women's manager Emma Hayes has announced she will leave the club at the end of the season. The six-time Women's Super League winner has been in charge of the Blues since 2012 and says she wants to pursue a new opportunity outside of the WSL and club football. And I'm sure that the FEI will send her some sort of a, a communication, but it, uh, it looks... Uh, from all the sources that Emma Hayes is going to be the next US women's national team manager but uh, what a coup that would be for, for you know, I'd nearly give her the men's team as well while they're at it why not um, but um, it would be huge for the FBI but let's face it, if Eileen Gleeson wants the job she's more than welcome to have it she's done excellent stuff uh, so far is it four wins out of four um, for them so um, it's uh, looking decent enough uh, at the moment in the women's football landscape for Ireland uh, if only the same could be said about the men's national team uh, the sports ground hosts the first Interpro Derby of the season this evening Connacht welcome uh, captain Jack Carty back to their starting 15 for the meeting with Ulster from 25 to 8 um, uh, elsewhere Leinster picked up their second win in the campaign they got the better of Edinburgh 36-27 earlier um, for Munster as I said half time 17-7 in the lead uh, I think yeah 17-7 in the lead uh, they're hosting Dragons of course at Musgrave Park Rory Scannell Gavin Coombs and Calvin Nash have all crashed over and there's uh, could be a big debut on the in the offing as well Ben O'Connor the uh, All-Ireland Under-20 winning hurler with Cork is on the bench and could make his debut for Munster at Musgrave Park. So I'm sure everyone will be keeping an eye on that one. In Formula 1, Britain's Lando Norris uh, took pole position for today's sprint race at Formula 1 Sao Paulo, uh, the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. Uh, the sprint race getting underway in around 25 minutes time uh, then in Gaelic Games uh, before we get to St. Catherine's win uh, the Leinster Club Football Championship uh, reaches the quarterfinal stage tonight Carlo Kingpin's Rogue taking on reigning All-Ireland champions Kilmacud Croaks that's at Netwatch Cullen Park from a quarter to eight and of course the other big racing news is uh, the Breeders' Cup and a lot of withdrawals uh, Aidan O'Brien's uh, was it River Tibber was withdrawn last night by the vet uh, but the Aidan O'Brien Trained August Roden is the favourite for the uh, Breeders' Cup turf 
in America. The feature race in Santa Anita goes to post just before 10pm Irish time if you're that way inclined. And uh, basketball in the Insure My House Study Men's National Cup. Irish Guide Dogs Ball and Colleague are away to Temple Oak from 7 at half 6. Energy Wise Neptune welcome Clarkland CYMS. The address UCC Glanmire were in action against Waterford Wildcats. I presume that's still ongoing. I'll try to get um, a score on that for you as soon as I can. And at 8 o'clock, catalyst for the Matthews go away to Port Leash Panthers. All right, let's get stuck into the show then. And uh, we're, we're going to start off with a bit of football. We're going to go into the Gaelic games, uh, have a bit of boxing, and then finish off with the football again at Turner's Cross, uh, where Rory's going to join us uh, live towards the end of the Cove Ramblers versus Waterford game but last night um, look it was a tough defeat to round out the regular season for Cork City 4-0 away to Bowes uh, Dan Casey of Off the Ball a man I went to college with uh, and it had was talking to Richie Holland after the game and uh, they looked uh, at I suppose a bit of the season as a whole but also crucially the big big one uh, next week the relegation promotion playoff Richie will there be any champagne going this week anyway? No, no, not at all, not, not at all. Look, it was, it was always going to be a difficult night with the changes we made and we gave uh, some lads experience for the first time and all the rest of it. And look, it'll be a great learning experience for, for these players, you know, that coming up against a strong both side here and that, you know. And look, for large parts of the first half, thought the shape and the organisation of the ball was good, but it comes down to two soft goals, you know, and then where's thought in the dressing room, there's, there's actually opportunities there on counter-attacks and so on, but... The third goal is probably a killer there, you know, and look, for young Sam Bailey, he did, spoke to him after and stuff like that. This will be a learning curve for him, and he'll get better for it, you know. Yeah. And he mightn't feel like it now, but going forward, he, he, he'll be better for it, you know. Um, how do you G up the players, though, for next week? Huge playoff game incoming against either Cove or Waterford. Uh, yeah, how, how are you G them up? Oh, look, again, we could, we'd come in and we do our recovery tomorrow, and look, it's about myself and the staff now getting the lads ready for next week because we all know how, how important next week is for the club do you know that we we need to stay in the division and be, be under no illusions next week's going to be difficult and there's going to be times of let's say suffering as a team and stuff like that but we need to stick together and make sure that when we have our opportunities that we take them on the night and we let, hopefully have enough quality to win the game you know How's uh, life in your managerial role been since you've taken over? Oh, I'm not going to deny you look I'm probably bad to do it to be honest you know, at this late stage because I probably knew that it was going to come down to this you know being realistic look at the fixture list and, and so on and that whatever and picking lads up from, from the defeat in Dundalk was difficult enough as it was so look again I'm enjoying every minute of it as I say I'm, I'm cork true and true and I love the club and I have since, I, since, since I'm a young lad and, and all the rest of it and I just hope that we, we'll do enough next week to stay in the division, you know. How, how important is that aspect of being from Cork and playing like a Cork team in, uh, in, in your role now? Well, how do you get that across? Look, that, that's, that's, what I've, that, that's, all, that's all I have, Dan, to be honest. Look, coming in this late stage, you're not going to change style of play or you're not going to do anything like that. I have to go back to basics in terms of defense, defending and showing that desire and stuff off the ball and get, bringing that Corkness to it, having that little bit of a fight and and that lads are that lads are up for the, each and every game, and that then the quality comes out. As I keep saying, is that the the game becomes easier when you're better off the ball because you have that intensity in your game already before you even start. You know, so look, it's been difficult, but look, as I say, it comes down to one game, and that game is next next Friday. You know, 
How big of an impetus have uh, Cork City legends John O'Flynn and uh, Dan Murray had on the team? Massive, because they've been there and done that, you know, and this hurts us all, even like even doing this thing, making eight changes and, and all the rest. You love to come up here and have a, a proper, you know, proper, let's say, experience for your team that, that are fighting for honours and stuff like that, like it has been in the past, but we're not there at the moment. But what next What next we can do, it can give us the, build, the building platform to get back to those days again, you know. So that's, that's the most important thing for us is that the lads, they've been great around the place and they've, they've shown good... Good, um, good, good things on the training ground and all that, and the players are going for advice on and off the pitch and so on. So they'll be massive for us. And look, hopefully next week, as I say, that we can go and uh, we can go and deliver. You know, how uh, important have your family been to you uh, when you when you've since you've taken on the new role? People like Lee, people at home, etc. I look, my my wife and my my kids are so they're the ones that that they have to sacrifice because I'm away and you know I'm putting everything into this. You know, and without their love and support, I wouldn't be here. You know, even from. From from where where I've been and so on, you know. And look, I have I have four brothers and my mum is, you know, she'd be always on to me and stuff as well. So I've great family support and that, you know. But look, listen, I know I knew what I took to go over, and it's going to be the biggest test of of my career. And look, it's it's going to be a massive night next week, you know. Yeah, people are going to be wondering tonight about Keating. Maybe widely start. People might want to have him protected. Was that uh, the golden boot? Uh, yeah, something look, in the mind look, look, it was. I had, I had I had discussions with Rory. Look, I left a lot out tonight, and I gave Rory that opportunity probably to to try and get that golden boot. You know, and once I could see that the game was fizzling out and stuff like that, he, he he came straight away. Then you know, because I had to make that decision for the team and stuff like that. Look, Rory's had a fantastic season. I know he was desperate to get that golden boot and stuff like that. You know, but look, listen. He scores next week, the winner next week, he, he, he'll be even more of a hero, you know. Kevin Kostovich, is he coming back next week? I'm, I'm not sure yet. It's going to be tight with Kev. Um, he had a little bit of a setback, but look, we're, we're going we're to assess him during the week and hopefully that he'll, he'll be available for, for the game, but we're, we're not sure yet. You know, We'll probably know more mid, mid to late next week, you know. Yeah, are you aware of the impacts you've had um, yourself with the fans? I haven't seen this... Much love and support for a manager in a, in a long, long time. The work you've done, you've just changed the whole mood of the fan base. Are you aware of that? Um, probably the last, even coming out tonight, you know, the last day or so, I probably felt it a small bit, yeah. But look, as I said from day one, we need to get that connection with the with the, the players, the fans, the club. When we're all in it together, I think we're a different animal, you know. And I've I've sat in the stands with with the fans, watched watch games, you know all through my teens and, and 20s and so on or whatever and when Cork City's up and everyone needs Cork City against the rest of the world I think that we're a different animal and that's that's what I've tried to come across and stuff like that you know and look I'll keep doing it and I, I, I'll get, I just promise everyone that I'll, look, I'll give it my best you know and if my best isn't good enough then I'll have to hold up my hands but look as I say it's a big game next week and look yeah. I will, we'll, we'll give everything you know yeah do you have anything to say to the Aldi uh, PR manager at the moment <laughs> no 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 <laughs> do you know what it actually just came out of my head and uh, it was one of those you know so I could have I said super value or something <laughs> I don't know that type of way so look other supermarkets are available <laughs> yeah yeah look it, look it was what it was look and uh, look yeah how do you reckon we'll get on next week look I'm fully confident that with everyone back in and, and raring to go that we'll, we'll, we'll be we'll, we'll do enough to win the game you know? and look it's about dealing with the week and the build up and all the rest of it that's the main part the game is probably going to be the, the easy part for the players is the build up to the game is going to be difficult and look when, when they get on the pitch I'm, I'm hoping all our boys are, are firing and that we can go and win the game and look it won't be from a lack of training and, and that's it really like you know yeah is there any preference on uh, who you'd like to get 
No, 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 not at all. Not at all. There's going to be two different challenges, you know, and tomorrow will be interesting. There'll be um, there'll be a clash of styles, and you know, it'll, it'll be an interesting game. So yeah. look, the work will start tomorrow night after the game. We'll we'll know who we have and, and so on, you know. And uh, as I say, look, it's a big week, and we'll all have to knuckle down now and do our work, you know, and and, and be ready for next Friday. Yeah, and uh, we might know who Cork City will be facing next week because Waterford have taken the lead at Turner's Cross against Cove Ramblers in the First Division playoff final. Ronan Coughlin, after 47 minutes, has put Waterford in front there and uh, just checking to see how long is gone. 60 minutes gone, so a half an hour for Cove Ramblers to try and get themselves back into the game and give themselves a chance of playing Cork City next week in the relegation playoff. Uh, Alright, so let's turn our attention now to Gaelic Games. St. Catharines booked their place in the AIB Munster Hurling Junior Club Championship semi-final today. They defeated Ardmore of Waterford. The Saints winning out 2.26 to 1.11 at Fratterfield. Here is Dennis Hurley speaking to uh, St. Catharines manager Dennis Walsh after the game. We were look, first twenty minutes there. We were sluggish again, yeah. and then we kind of clicked into gear before half time. We got four or five points in five or six minutes, and, yeah. and like we linked up to play and we supported. And we said to him at half time, "Well, look, we know we're capable of doing so. Yeah. Let's 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 go out and, and be brave." And we said to him to be brave, like rather than just sitting back and trying to defend. And, yeah. and now the wind died a bit. Um, so, like from our point of view, it was like. It wasn't e- it wasn't difficult though to be fair to get going at yeah. some people were saying to me the whole time that maybe the, after losing the county would it be hard to get going yeah, in November yeah. but I, I, we played Crash O'Neill's there the Kerry oh, Champions yeah. there uh, 10 days ago yeah. desperate bad night in Valley Noah and, and as it turned out it got everything out of our system yeah, yeah. you know very good and yeah. when when um, when Ardmore you know they got two points at the start of the second half you came back with the goal then when they got the goal you got the next two points again so you, whenever they looked to be making a bit of inroads you were able to produce a good response again like yeah well I, th- I think like the I suppose you know we have probably drilled into the guys now that you, you need to go and play you can't be you know losing two points yeah. and then losing another two yeah, you, need, yeah. you need to respond and go and play and you know probably in the semi-final of the county and the, the final we didn't do that yeah you know we we even remember against the zone when they got the goal they, they got another soft point after yeah and it's yeah. never five clear right yeah when, when we had been back in the game and all of a sudden it was two and and there was a bit of that today now probably we 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 ultimately we went and got, we went and chased our scores yeah and, yeah and I suppose we you know we created a bit of look ourselves then yeah and the Mulcahy cousins popping up with the two two important goals like yeah that's right yeah. Um, and it gives you another game now two weeks time against um, Ballinhinch from Tipperary in a, a Cork venue so yeah. you know a chance to, to build on this momentum yeah, now yeah two weeks time so like it's an easy it's an easy roll in yeah we were short about four players today from the county final team I mean obviously look Dan Mangan won't yeah. be back obviously um, but but like saying that then the other lads hopefully will be fit to come back in as well so yeah. as you know these things take on life their own this time of year because this fellas maybe gone away fellas have holidays booked fellas injured yeah yeah and I think we're still involved in 21 in this you know yeah. little things like that so we're, we're, we're thrilled though we're thrilled yeah alright Dennis Hurley is on the line from Fraherfield in Waterford after an impressive win for St. Catharines in the Munster Junior Club uh, hurling championship and they've beaten Ardmore of Waterford 226 to 111 uh, good performance 
Yeah, it was absolutely it. Yeah, um, Baltimore. So, because obviously St. Catherine's lost the, the county final there in zone a couple of weeks ago, and uh, their main attacker Dan Mangan was injured in that match, and he won't be, you know, he won't be on the field again until until the new year. So, you know, you're coming in, coming in, in that regard against a team who won their county championship, and I suppose you just don't know what kind of response you're going to get. It probably helped them that. Um, you know, it was I think seven or eight weeks since Ardmore had actually played their county final, so they were probably a bit rusty coming in. Early stages were were close, and Catchins had the wind, but it wasn't until the end of the first half. Then they just pulled away. Uh, they led ten six at half time, but then conceded the first two points of the second half. And you're expecting, uh, you know, you're expecting expecting it to be close again, but then they got the first goal, and that, that was a huge score. Um, that was Matthew Mudcahy got that. And later in the half, then when Ardmore came back to get a goal, Catherine's again responded well. They got two more points to move five ahead, and they never had a goal below three. And then when Brian Mulcahy got the, the second goal near the end, you know that was that. They were eight points clear, and you know it was, it was all over really. Yeah, and it's been a it's been a competition as well. The Cork teams have had a lot of join over the last couple of years, and I suppose Bally Giblin in particular, uh, they were the the last two winners of the Munster Junior. Uh, so it's it's a competition that Cork teams certainly go well in. Yeah, absolutely. Ardmore, funnily enough, were actually the the last non-Cork Munster champions uh, in in the last uh, in the last decade, really, since twenty fourteen. So it have been a bit wary from that point of view. But yeah, Cork clubs would expect to do well. You know, like if Catherine had won the county final, they'd probably have been going in as favourites for Munster. So just because they lost one match, you know, by two points. Yeah. It shouldn't have affected their chances that much, really, and especially like you mentioned, Barry Gibbon getting the two chances since since the county board changed it. That would be the Premier Junior winners going forward rather than the Junior A winners. It just increases the Cork chances that bit more. So Catchins will be going in now in two weeks' time, um, a, a home county venue against Tipperary's Ballinahinch, and you know they'll they'll be fancying their chances there. And you know, there's there's no reason why they they shouldn't um, shouldn't keep doing well. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, looking forward to that game in a couple of weeks' time. I suppose then just to get your thoughts quickly on tomorrow because uh, it's the opposite, isn't it? Car clubs have really not had a good time in the senior club hurling championship in Munster. Sarsfields, it couldn't be any more difficult, could it? Belly Belly Gunner, the 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 metronome, the they they just they're unstoppable in Munster over the last uh, couple of years, and it's going to be a massive test for them. I will, of course, Bally Gunner in Walsh Park as well. You know, just to make it that extra bit harder. Uh, I think, I think, I think Bally Gunner won to eight favourites with the bookmakers, and you know, to 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 start to argue with that. Like I spoke to to Johnny Crowley during the week, and he said that you know Bally Gunner have been on the road for so long, and they're up near the top of their graph where stars. You know, it's a it's a much changed team over the last few years, and. They might have been expected to win the county at the start of the year, so they're kind of they're starting off, and they're at lower base than Belly Gunner are. But you have to give them a chance, you know. Um, anything can happen on a given day. Belly Gunner obviously justified favourites, but they're going to have to lose a match sometime, and it, it could be tomorrow. The only the only thing is is that even if Sars were to win, they'd have to turn around two weeks later then and face the Pearson, which is probably yeah. just as tough a test. So, you know, it's 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 a tough. Tough side of the draw to be on, but you know it, it, it's where it's where 
team wants to be at the beginning of November. There's 11 other Premier Senior Clubs in Cork who would willingly swap places with Sars tomorrow with a, a chance to try to top a Valley Gunner. So they'll, um, they'll give it all they've got. Yeah, and it's been it's been an emotional ride for Sars, hasn't it, over the last couple of weeks, like to go and win a county championship and then for, for Glenmire to be hit with the flooding it was hit and Sars fields to, to to do what they did with the pitch and take on the water and basically relieve all that pressure on the village. Um obviously you as you were saying you were speaking to, to Johnny Crowley during the week. How have they dealt with the fact that they, they don't have a pitch to train on at the moment in preparation for this? He 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 basically said, you know, that they've they've just really benefited from the generosity of the GA community in Cork that uh, they've been doing a bit of training in Brian Dillon's which is, is very handy as they're so close and then they've had use of the Mardike gym and they've been able to train in Parky Ring so they're, they're very grateful for that he said the, the problem could be next year you know when yeah. everyone else is still in the championship and um, you know the, the venues might be as easy to come by but they'll worry about that next year but, you know, they, they have that great support and they're very appreciative of that. And, um, you know, I, I suppose th- there's a real desire because when Sars won the four county titles between 2008 and 2014, they didn't win any Munsters that time. And I suppose there's a real desire to, to try to put that right. Um, so, you know, they'll be they'll be giving it everything. But, you know, if you were if you were putting your own money on it, you'd have to be kind of backing Bally Gun right here. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one, but look at we we will see tomorrow. It should be a cracker of a game, and hopefully Sars can cause a big upset. Uh, Dennis Hurley from Waterford, thanks a minute for joining us on the bigger bench. Here's it. Yeah, thanks to Dennis there. Uh, good win for St. Catharines in that one. And uh, yeah, what a massive game for Sarsfields tomorrow, as we know. Newton Chandram were the last. Um, the last Munster champions uh, from Cork I think way back in 2013 so uh, look it's a massive test Billy Gunner they're the kingpins uh, of club hurling really over the last I know they're not the reigning Ireland champions but their their form over the last um, you know five or six years has been unbelievable uh, of course big day as well at Parky Cueve tomorrow uh, Ahabolo taking on Mitchellstown in the Intermediate A Football Championship final Jeremy McCarthy is going to be at that one for us and we will have plenty of reaction here on the big red bench for that one alright we're going to go for a quick break when we come back we're going to hear from Cove's Callum Walsh of course a massive fight coming up for him at Madison Square Garden next week and we're going to get Rory on the line to uh, hear how that game is going uh, between Cove Ramblers and Waterford of course in the first division playoff uh, final and um, it's uh, at the moment not going the way of Cove Ramblers unfortunately just get a quick score check here to see if anything has uh, changed in the last couple of minutes the winner of course will take on Cork City in next week's relegation promotion playoff um, but at the moment it is Waterford 1 Cove Ramblers nil. but look at by the time we get Rory on the line hopefully things might have changed don't go away The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Leahy here with you 
until 7 o'clock 0868 106 if you want to get in touch with us or at Big Red Bench on Twitter Munster have extended their lead at Musgrave Park two tries in the last five minutes it's Munster 29 Dragons 7 Tom Ahern first and then Craig Casey went over and uh, Casey's just gone off as well as a sub uh, on the bench everyone will be keeping an eye on Ben O'Connor of course the uh, All-Ireland winner under 20 uh, hurler with Cork uh, to see if he gets his Munster debut at Mosgrave Park we'll keep an eye on that one uh, alright Callum Walsh takes on Ismail Villarreal at Madison Square Garden on November 9th next weekend live on UFC Fight Pass it's for the WBC US Super uh, uh, silver super welterweight belt should I say uh, the man from Cove and County Cork we've heard from him a couple of times this year now uh, things are really going well for him of course trained by the legendary Freddie Roach he's backed by Dana White as well of course the uh, UFC promoter and uh, it's going well from Madison Square Garden though next week is probably the biggest night of his career so far here he is telling us all about it Delight to be joined now on the Big Red Bench by uh, one of our fastest rising stars in the boxing scene, the man from Cove and County Cork, Callum Walsh. Uh, Callum, how's life? How's things going out there? Yeah, everything's going good, boss. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this fight. I've been training hard and uh, I can't wait to get the job done now next week. Let's look back, I suppose, at the last fight. It's, it's, I spoke to you just before it against Juan Jose Velasco. Um, he didn't come back out for the fifth round. It, it was a strange enough sort of situation, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was, it was weird, you know. I but I knew I was breaking him down since the first round. I was I was I was hitting him hard body shots. I was hitting him a lot of hard shots. And um, after four rounds of it, he he just couldn't take anymore. You know, that's what he said to me after. He said that his body was was broken. You know, he, there's there's no way he could take any more punches. And uh, I was a bit disappointed. You know, I wanted to give um, the fans and everybody that paid to come and see me fight more, but. No, what can he do if a fella, fella doesn't want to fight? He doesn't want to fight. There's nothing he can do about it. Yeah, I was just going to say to you, you're visibly disappointed because, you know, you looked like you were enjoying the occasion in there, first of all. And, of course, that, that bit of a feeling of, of maybe letting the crowd down without that, that big showstopper, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I always want to go in there. And um, I guess it's it, it's a good feeling, No, you made a fella retire on the stool, you know. Like, you've hurt him so bad that he doesn't want to fight you anymore. It's still a good feeling, but... You know, I always want to get that big knockout or, or that stoppage, you know, for the crowd to, to feel the crowd and, and, and give them what they want. So I was a bit disappointed, but sure, look, there's nothing you can do. I can just go into my next fight and uh, try to put on a better performance. Yeah, I suppose how do you deal with a fight like that? You know, you train hard for it and in the end, maybe then it's a bit underwhelming. Uh, what do you do in maybe the couple of days after that? Do you do anything extra to maybe, I don't know, start to finish out that, that sort of run you've been on leading up to that fight or yeah after after that fight I, I already knew um, I already knew when I was going to fight again I knew I was going to fight out in Madison Square Garden so literally I fought Saturday and I got back in the gym Monday and, and was training again for this fight so by the time I fight out here now in Madison Square Garden I'll be after having like a 20 week training camp so I was ready for this fight you know six weeks ago so I'll be more than ready now for this fight, and I'm expecting um, all my hard work to pay off and, and a big knockout and and put put a put on a big show for the for the Irish crowd out there. Yeah, exactly. On to bigger and brighter things, and uh, it doesn't get much better than than fighting at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, one hundred percent. Especially since since I'm so young, you know, I'm, I'm 22. This is only my ninth fight, and I'm just a young fella from Cove, like, and I'm I'm headlining Madison Square Garden. 
It's not every day you hear that. Yeah, and the belt up behind you there as well. Like to be walking out with something around your shoulder or around your waist must uh, it, it makes it feel even better. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'd be looking for for another one now fairly soon. I'd say so. Is is the mental preparation for this one different? Because obviously it'll stir up different emotion. You know, it's such a prestigious venue, and even I suppose just fighting in New York itself is massive with the Irish uh, presence in the city. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a big deal, you know. But I, I don't want to let it get to my head, you know. I know I've I every fight I go in there and I take them all the same. I've I've one job to do, you know. No matter where it is, or no matter who's there, or no matter who's watching me, I know when I get in that ring, I have a job to do, and I have to win. And after, you know, I'll enjoy it after. I'll enjoy it. once I once I get the knockout. I'll enjoy the crowd. I'll I'll enjoy being around New York. But once I step through the ropes, it doesn't matter who's there. I don't even look at the crowd. I don't think about who's watching me. I just think about I have one job to do, and it's it's win this fight, and I'll enjoy it after. Yeah, I'm always fascinated to hear from athletes at the highest level about preparing for an occasion, you know, be it a boxer, be it someone preparing for an All-Ireland final, because you can prepare for a match or a fight, but the occasion is a, is another kettle of fish, I suppose. And is that there's a balance maybe in embracing the occasion, enjoying it, but not letting that compromise the performance. Yeah, like that's, that's what happens to a lot of people. You know, they, they're, they're very good fighters in the gym or you know, they're... they're like you said, like an all-round final, they could be the best player ever in training, and then they get they get under the lights and they get on the big stage, and and they can't do it. And that's one thing about me, you know. When I when I get on the big stage, or when I get there, like I, I grab with two hands and I and I and I and I step up to the occasion, and I, and I always put on a show, because I don't I don't let it get to my head, you know. I I know I just think about it as this is my job, and I have to go in and just do my job as best I can, and I'll enjoy it after. Have you been in a situation in your career so far where you've maybe needed the crowd at a certain time or, you know, you can draw on them and the fact that there will be a large Irish presence there, if you do need them, they will step up for you? Have you had that before or if, if you do have to cross that bridge, would that be a new feeling for you? Yeah, I never I never try to rely on the crowd, you know, I always try to get them involved, you know, if, uh, if I have time, I'll turn to the crowd and try to get them, get them going or whatever, but... Um... It might be a new feeling, you know, it might be with a big Irish crowd out there and I can hear them cheering, it might be a new feeling where I will get the knockout faster or it'll drive me on a bit more, but I don't, I don't, I don't think I'll like necessarily need the crowd, you know, I'll, like I said, it's my job, I'll go in there and do my job, but it could be, could be a big um, a booster as well once I hear that Irish crowd, we'll, we'll see what happens next week. Yeah, and I suppose a man like Freddie Roach in your corner who's seen it all, he's been in every situation possible, I suppose, big world title fights. What advice has he given you heading into the big one? Yeah, he just told me, John, do, do the same thing I always do, get in there and, and, and knock him out and uh, we'll enjoy it after. Like you said, you know, he understands it's my job too. Just going in, just going to do your job and, and uh, we'll enjoy it after. Ismail Villarreal is your opponent. Tell me a bit about him. I haven't really seen much of him to be honest. Um I don't really watch my opponents. I know Freddie Roach um has watched him and Freddie has a game plan and it's worked every time. So I trust Freddie and I trust what he's gonna tell me to do. And I'll go in there and I'll just implement the plan that Freddie tells me and um hopefully all goes well. I've read that he's he's a big hitter. Um is he a different test for you? Is he a new test? I know you you don't know a whole pile about him, but is he a different sort of opponent to what you faced? Yeah, he's going to be a different opponent. He's he's young, um, he's hungry. You know, he's fighting out there now in his hometown. He's not going to want me to walk into his hometown, especially when, like you said, you know, this belt is up for grabs on that night too. I'm defending my title. 
he wants to take it. He wants to keep it in his hometown. So I'm expecting to come out strong, come out fast, and and try to put me away and, and make a statement. You know, especially in front of, like I'm the boxer coming in with Dana White in my corner, Freddie Roach, you know, Tom Loeffler. He, everyone that fights me wants to upset me or wants to wants to be the fella to put me away and try to get that stuff for themselves. You know, I have a lot behind me, and 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 everybody wants that. So I'm expecting to come out strong and try to take this for himself. Yeah, that is interesting. It's an interesting place to be before a fight that, you know, you feel like fellas are coming for your scalp. Absolutely. You know, he's out there training to, to beat me. And he, he wants what I have. And um, that's, that's what's going to drive him on. That's what's going to make him... That's what he's probably thinking, you know. He's probably thinking, if I beat this fella, then I'm then I'm the next, next big thing, you know. So I'm looking forward to it. You mentioned... Uh, it's a home hometown fight for him. I know the last time we spoke, we we talked of maybe possible hometown fight for yourself. And look, I know this is a massive fight for you next week, and you're probably not looking too far beyond it. But has anything progressed in that department since we last spoke? Yeah, I always I always talk to Tom and and whoever about a homecoming fight. But you know, with, like I said to everybody, with Tom and Dana and stuff, they're not going to do anything small. You know, once we do it, it's going to be a massive card. It's going to be a massive show and. Uh, Hopefully soon, but I'll definitely. I'm definitely looking forward to whatever they plan and whatever they do. But definitely, I'm going to fight at home. It's just a matter of their timing, you know. But 100%, I'm going to fight back in Ireland at some stage. You uh, mentioned already that uh, you want to knock this guy out. Is that your? Is that your prediction? Are you going to knock him out? Yeah, I am. I am. I'm going to go into New York and I'm going to make a statement. I'm going to knock out a young prospect from New York and I'm going to make a statement that I'm going there and I'm I'm there to stay and I'm going to take over New York. Excellent stuff. Well, it's going to be a huge night for you. From all of us here in Red FM, we wish you the very best of luck and hope to chat to you again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, UFC Fight Pass is the place to go if you want to catch that one. It's Callum Walsh versus... Ismail Villarreal at Madison Square Garden next weekend, uh, November the 9th. As Munster are threatening on the goal line as well, they actually just had a try uh, ruled out uh, for a uh, foot in touch. It was a really uh, good line break, actually. Um, and uh, just uh, the foot just going into touch there. Um, but it is 31 7, by the way, as well. RTE, for some reason, didn't put up the graphic that the conversion was kicked for the last try, even though it was right in front of the goals. But uh, anyway, uh, we will continue on. Look, luckily enough, I am joined on the line now by Rory O'Hagan, who is down at Turner's Cross for the uh, first division playoff final between Cove Ramblers and Waterford. Last time we checked, it was Waterford 1, Cove Ramblers nil. Rory, what's the score now? Still Waterford 1, Cove Ramblers nil. Not exactly a classic is, I think, you know, describe this one as one for the poorest. Would be another war, just a very, very poor game. Just in general, it hasn't been a good game by any stretch of imagination. The first half was a terrible 45 minutes. Waterford, um, slightly the better team. Cove Ramblers drew into the second half. And then, uh, as soon as the um, second half kicked off, Morning Coughlin, former Cork City player, in on goal against Lee Stacey, brought it over the top, uh, one-on-one, and he buries it past them. Uh, 60 seconds gone on the clock in the second half, and uh, Waterford were ahead. And to be honest, I can't see Cove Ramblers getting an equaliser here. There's five minutes left. They haven't been adventurous enough since the... Um, goal has gone in, they've kind of sat back a good bit here and haven't at all threatened the Waterford keeper Sam Sargent, so it's been a disappointing performance in Cove Ramblers here in the second half, Aidan, you have to say. 
Yeah, and like it's a, such a massive occasion for, for Cove Ramblers, especially it being on in Cork, um, in, in Turner's Cross. I presume they've brought, they've brought a, a big pack of travelling fans. Yeah, Waterford have a big crowd away to my left. There's got a uh, Cove Ramblers uh, support uh, to my right at the shed end. Uh, Cove Ramblers' most famous supporter, Roy Keane, is here. He's a couple of seats away from me. John Caulfield, Gobby United's league uh, winning manager, is here as well. Um, or watching uh, this first division playoff, which hasn't come to, to life at all. As Cove Ramblers trying to get something going here as uh, Keane Brown takes the ball and he crosses the ball left foot, and that's again cleared by uh, a Waterford head and uh, Waterford will clear it's just been one of those games where Amherst haven't been able to get anything going whatsoever there was one moment of levity in the uh, second half when uh, the referee sent off uh, Waterford's uh, Barry Bagley for an apparent second yellow card showed him the red card only for him to realise actually I only booked him once so he got to stay in the pitch so that was the most exciting thing that's happened in the second half I actually missed the goal because I was having tea but I have seen it back on the way TV it was back um, but yeah I was having tea in the, in the room down here below as our Cove Ramblers trying to mount another attack and that goes wide and you can hear the frustration of the Cove Ramblers fans away to my right here it's looking like one of those nights it's looking like it's going to be Cork City and Waterford in uh, the uh, playoff on Friday and it's going to be such a massive game from a Cork City perspective 90 minutes away from potentially being relegated back down to the first division after only getting promoted last year huge huge game ahead but it looks like it's going to be Waterford here uh, three and a half minutes left I reckon there's about five to be added on at the end of the game Ramblers have to do something here but it doesn't look like it's going to happen for them yeah and it's a shame and I suppose they'd be looking to the likes of maybe Wilson Rawero Jack Doherty or even if they're still on the pitch at this stage I haven't been able to keep up with the substitutions but they've been their main men so far this season yeah, they're both still on the pitch, but Doherty has been up front on his own the entire night. Wawero has been 20 or 30 yards away from the entire night. He's provided no support for Doherty whatsoever. Whenever Doherty gets in the ball, it tends to be on the flanks. And then when he looks up, there's no one in the box from the cross. And it's been frustrating uh, for Cove Ramblers, number 10, who's sporting a nice Terry Butcher-style headband after a clash of heads in the second half. Wawero hasn't been able to get on the ball. He hasn't been able to dictate things. But Ramblers have a chance here. Shot comes in. And it's headed back towards goal. Doherty is there and it's half clear. Oh my God, that's the goal for oh. Ramblers. Cole Ramblers have equalised. And it's the substitute, Matthew McKevitt, with an audacious overhead kick <laughs> from eight yards after Waterford didn't clear it. Ramblers are level. Cole Ramblers won. Waterford won. And that is a crack. And I'm absolutely delighted. What a goal that was. Excellent stuff. That man you just mentioned there, he had some bit of involvement, Jack Doherty at least, but a huge, huge goal there and sounded like an acrobatic one as well. Yeah, I mean, like the ball was crossed into the box. Waterford didn't deal with it at all. Crossed it towards Doherty. Doherty got ahead and it just dropped. And then it ended up, uh, McKevin, he decides to go, well, an overhead kick this. And it goes into the back of the net. Absolutely fantastic stuff. The Ramblers fans, absolutely delighted there. Waterford looks shell-shocked. Their only promise can take home. Uh, for the rest of the game and defend their lead. No, it's advantage Cove Ramblers here and we could be in for a grand slam last couple of minutes here, Mr. Italy. Yeah, and you could be staying in Turner's Cross a bit longer. I presume extra time and penalties is in the offing for this one. Yeah, it could be a long night here, Turner's Cross. It's a bit chilly. I forgot my hat as well, which doesn't help when you've got no hair. But yeah, I don't think the water or the Cove Ramblers fans are going to be too upset about extra time here when it looked like just a couple of minutes ago they're getting buried and that they were out of this tight. But I want for a free kick here in a dangerous area. Might you stay with me? Yeah. Uh, for this one, it's about 30 yards out. And uh, it's the substitute, Shane Griffin, lining up uh, over this one. It's, I don't think he's going to shoot from here. Cove Ramblers have a, a three-man wall set up. I think it's just that little bit too far out here as uh, Shane Griffin 
steps up to take this one. It looks like he could be shaping up to shoot here, actually. Plus Griffith stepping up to take this free kick into the wall, and uh, Cole Ramblers uh, will clear, thanks to Kian Brown. But yeah, what Darty could be in here again. Waterford under a lot of pressure, the ball to bobble anywhere on this pitch. Sam Sargent has to be careful with that one when he clears it, and he does. But yeah, Ramblers have their tails up here in. Absolutely. I presume uh, Richie Holland and, and his backroom team will be there as well, of course, keeping an eye on both teams as they prepare for, for next week. It's been an eventful week for Richie, hasn't it? Yeah, I was having a, a cup of tea with Richie and uh, the rest of the backroom team at halftime, which is why it was against the goal. Uh, but yeah, look, they, look, they acknowledged like, last night's result wasn't good enough, uh, but it's all about this weekend. Yeah. Like, it's just such a massive, massive game. And like... Jamie Rusher came in, took over, big hands for the club. He can't execute those plans as the club are in the first division. Um, I don't think anyone expected Cork City to, to go down this season. As I said, the start of the season staying up was the goal. City had stayed up, or if they do stay up, it'll be a good season. They have to do it through the playoff, and uh, that is uh, not going to say it's a lottery, but it is a cup final. Anything can happen in a cup final. Five minutes has just gone up on the fourth official's board here. The ball is down in programmers' territories. Waterford looked to get something and just try and stop this game going to extra time the big big tackle going in here and another yellow card I think that's 10 yellows issued by referee David Dunn if my maths are correct um, he is going to have a cramp in his hand writing his match report later on later after this game uh, but yeah um, 10 yellows in this game and it hasn't been a particularly dirty game it's just a lot of the other cards he's, he's given have been fairly innocuous uh, in challenges which I was surprised Yellow cards were issued, but yeah, Ramblers with chance you now. This is a piece, and the place is going to erupt if Ramblers can just get the ball into the net here. As you, you heard, uh, yeah. with that McKevitt goal, the overhead kick, the place erupted. It's a huge Ramblers support here. Uh, hearing if Ramblers uh, win this tie, this game's not going to be played Turner's Cross uh, at the weekend. So you're looking at Richmond Park, you're looking at Dalymont Park for Cork City, and Cork Ramblers next week um, but Ramblers have everyone up here they've got seven lining up here about 30 yards out as the keeper Lee Stacey prepares to float this ball in and he floats it in the direction of McKevitt cleared by the Waterford and only goes as far as the skipper Jason Abbott and now for Ramblers on the attack here's the goal scorer McKevitt tries to keep that in but it goes on the play on this near side four minutes left here in and I would reckon we're going to extra time. But then again, I just reckon that Waterford were going to win about three minutes ago. So I wouldn't listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. <laughs> just, uh, just to catch you on, on one more thing, uh, I suppose just on the whole Guard of Honour thing uh, last Monday night, do you think for Richie that was stoking a bit of fire in his side and the fans as well, maybe just getting the bit between the teeth uh, in order to maybe inspire them on for next week and give them, you know, a bit more fighting spirit because I suppose they came under pressure and maybe it's a bit of that siege mentality a lot of people like to talk about. Yeah, I suppose you're going to look at it that way as well. Like, I just think it's a whole nonsense. Yeah, like, I agree as well. It's a hard one. Just get over yourselves. Like, it's just like Richie went in with two bottles of champagne. Stephen Bradley in the system before the game congratulate him on winning four league titles in a row um, not every manager does that to a league winning manager um, so like just like it's who cares if you don't get a, a guard of honour yeah. you made nine ten changes from the team that won the league a couple of days ago that wasn't the league winning team that was out there um, I just think I just think the, the pearl clutching from Stephen Bradley was a little bit much as Wilson Rivero can he get something going here for Cole Ramblers and he tries to find uh, someone anyone in support here see 
keeps on to the ball. Wilson Ware doing very, very well there with his back to goal. Cole Ramblers trying to force something here. It's uh, Dale Holland now with the captain's armor. Excuse me, I thought that was Jason Rabbit a few minutes ago. He's on as a substitute. Now Cole Ramblers will have a free kick. But I just think the, the histrionics over the guard of honor, it's been, yeah. it's been too much, for God's sake. Like, yeah. You know, you're going, man, you don't get a guard of honor. So what? You've won four league titles in a row. Celebrate that instead of bitching about Cork City not giving you a, league, uh, a guard of honor. Absolutely. Um, on the game there now, a couple of minutes to go. Cove Ramblers putting the pressure on. Um, two quite high-profile managers on the sideline as well, and Keith Long and Shane Keegan. And Shane has had a massive uh, influence over Cove Ramblers this season, hasn't he? And I suppose the ball's played in, and it goes all the way to the keeper. Sorry to cut you off yeah. there. The free kick came in from Jack Doherty. That just needed a touch, any touch. And uh, Sam Sargent would have been beaten, but he held on to it. Waterford under a little bit of pressure here. Now there's going to be another yellow card. They showed up by David Dodd. They were on the counter-attack. It was uh, their number seven. Shane Griffin was on the uh, the counter, and he was pulled down in midfield. So that would be a yellow card. That was a proper taking one for the team. So wait to see who's going to book here because he's uh, down in front of me. And uh, that looks like it's uh, Charlie Lyons who's going to be booked here. And I make that as a yellow card number 11. Uh, that David Dunn has issued here. Um, but, uh, yeah, that uh, was uh, breaking up uh, a wall for counter-attack. We have 60 seconds left in the clock here as Roy Keane makes his uh, exit away to my left here before he gets mobbed for autographs, requests and photographs <laughs> at the end of the game. But this, uh, unless Waterford can do something with this set piece here, it's yeah. uh, right on the halfway line that's uh, going to be taken by their number 14, Derek Ossetti. And he's going to float the ball in here. Waterford of all the uh, the big men up Ramblers have brought everyone back Bar Doherty <coughs> so they're going to float this one in, uh, and try and nick something here if they could do this there's not going to be any time for Cole Ramblers to get back into this game and so setting halfway line he needs to float this one in towards the back coast where uh, Phillips is waiting goes to Phillips but Kevin is there Phillips tries to keep the ball in and he can't and that will go out for a goal kick with 20 seconds left in you would imagine that is going to be uh, the last uh, attack of this game before we go to uh, extra time and the potential of penalties here at Turner's Cross in this first division uh, playoff clash here at the cross that uh, Stacey plays the ball high but that's only to a Waterford head and uh, Cove Ramblers need to get the ball forward if they want to claim a dramatic dramatic winner here and they can't it is uh, full time whistle gone here by referee David Dunn extra time we go in uh, anyone's game to be perfectly honest it has been a great game by any stretch of the imagination but that overhead kick goal from McKenna is going to live long in the memory and uh, for Cove Ramblers fans that's if they get the victory here but uh, yeah full time the end of the 90 minutes Waterford 2 Cove Ramblers 1 not a cracker yeah. oh, look, Waterford 1 Cove Ramblers 1 excuse me <laughs> the uh, scoreboard uh, incorrectly but that the score was 2-1 there for a second so we are going to extra time and it is going to be a fascinating half an hour ahead here yeah, and testament as well to that spirit that just Shane Keegan has instilled in Cove Ramblers to keep on fighting and get the late equaliser there. And they, they even did it as well in the semi-final. I know they had they, they, they had to get a late enough goal as well to, to, to book their place and secure their place in the in the playoff final. Like Shane Keegan has done a great job with Cove Ramblers and the fact that they're here in extra time now in the, in the first division playoff uh, final is testament to that. Yeah, he certainly, uh, certainly is. He's done a tremendous job with a very limited budget. Down in Cove, he has been playing some nice football, although it hasn't been uh, on, on display uh, as much tonight. You maybe attribute that to a bit to the Turner's Cross pitch, which is very heavy and it's uh, cutting up quite a bit, uh, as we saw according to these last couple of games here. But uh, um, he has done a tremendous job with them, and 
if they don't um, win this, if they don't promote it this year, he has an excellent base for which to build for next season for Cove So the future is certainly looking very, very good uh, for the East Cork side. Uh, but they're only half an hour away here from a playoff final against Cork City. The uh, Cove Ramblers fans here, you can see the nerves uh, uh, them at the moment. The push like leaves. Handsome Bob Donovan is here, uh, the club legend. He's uh, just a couple of seats away to my right. He is a bag of nerves, but it's anyone's game here. And like, yeah, it can't be as bad as the original, the opening <laughs> 90 minutes, surely. Uh, but like that, they have an own uh, overhead kick uh, worth the price of admission. It was an absolutely cracking goal for Cove Ramblers. Uh, Waterford, that nice goal uh, from Roland Coughlin in the, uh, the opening minute of the second half. Look, it's huge, it's massive, it doesn't yeah. uh, get much bigger than this from a First Division perspective. So, huge 30 minutes ahead. Will it be Waterford or will it be Cove Ramblers that Cork City face? Uh, in the side, that's what we're, we're here to discover and it's going to be a huge game for Cork City regardless of who they face next week. Absolutely. Hopefully Cove Ramblers have their tails up. We will have reaction to whatever the scoreline is on tomorrow's show and you can follow live updates on the at Big Red Bench Twitter account with Rory. Rory, I'll let you get another cup of tea. Try not to miss anything this time. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. It's freezing here. <laughs> All right, cheers. Thanks a million to Rory O'Hagan there for us at Turner's Cross and uh, it's a bit of a cold one but uh, at least a bit of excitement there at the end. Uh, ben O'Connor has come on and he has made his Munster debut and uh, Munster have gone over for another try as well it's now 45-7 at Musgrave Park against the Dragons but a big one for Ben O'Connor of course under 20 a Lauren winning hurler with Cork right let's finish off now by hearing from Lauren Homan uh, the uh, Brunel and Ireland basketballer Ireland face a couple of big qualifiers uh, next week starting off with uh, the visit of France to the National Basketball Arena Antella OK, I'm delighted to be joined now on the show by Lauren Homan, uh, Brunel and Ireland basketball player. Lauren, uh, pleasure to speak to you. Thanks many for having me. No, no hassle at all. Um, it's a big uh, couple of weeks for you for the Ireland camp in the uh, Eurobasket uh, qualifiers. It's a, it's a new campaign, isn't it? Yeah, it's a new campaign starting this November. So for the new um, Eurobasket qualifiers, so we're looking forward to it. And is it, a, is it a bit of a fresh group? Is there any new blood coming into the team? Yeah, I think it's um, a very fresh group. Like myself, I've been called up uh, this year. So there's a good mix of younger girls, um, but there's a lot of more experience in older girls as well, you know, in the team. So there's a good mix. Yeah, and there's a good mix as well from, you know, uh, local players here in Ireland and as well some experience coming from, from other countries as well, coming back to play for their country. Yeah, I think it's great to have some of the more professional girls coming back, you know, with Jess Cascano now coming back and Bridget, you know, they bring a different level of experience to the team that uh, we don't have when we're competing in Ireland. So it's great to have them involved as well. You must learn a lot, I suppose, in those camps with the, with those players that that come from come home from from being abroad. Do they do they kind of sell you maybe the the dream of going abroad yourself one day? Yeah, I think they do sell a bit of a dream, you know, they bring a different level of professionalism that maybe we don't have when we're training here, you know, we don't train as much as they would and maybe just we don't have the same facilities and stuff that they're used to, so they kind of just bring up the level of everything when they come into camp to us. And I suppose before we look at the, the couple of games uh, themselves, I suppose the, it's it's a new enough season as well in, in the Women's Super League and uh, with Brunel, uh, how are things going? I think like basketball has certainly risen in popularity over the last couple of years and uh, even surviving COVID and everything like that. Uh, the Super League in both men's and women's is in a strong place at the moment. 
Yeah, I think it's really grown the last few years. You know, even the attendance at our games stuff has really picked up a bit, and um, the season's going going great so far. You know, it was it's a big step up from last year. I think we're really improving in our games individually with Brunel, so we're really looking forward to the rest of the season. And Cork as well, especially, seems to be a real hotbed for for basketball at the moment here in Ireland. Yeah, just we have three teams in the women's super league, and um, the same with the men's. So I think that really shows how big basketball is in Cork and you know just everyone kind of goes and supports each other's games so it's kind of a real community here Playing for Ireland is really special no matter uh, what the sport or what the what the association is and like I imagine like maybe uh, a lot of people grow up dreaming of playing for Ireland be it in soccer or rugby etc but uh, was it always a dream for you to represent your country in basketball uh, how old were you when you picked up the sport? Um, so I started playing when I was six and I think I've always kind of wanted to play with Ireland and I think even when I was younger I was on like some of the development panels and I, I got caught from the under 16 team so I think that kind of really drove me on then as well to you know come up and make the older teams and even the senior team now. And it's a tough task, uh, a tough uh, task, should I say, with, with France coming over. I think they're ranked seventh in the world. Uh, it's a big one to kick off with, isn't it? Yeah, it's a huge game, especially our first game. You know, we do, we didn't get an easy way in for these qualifiers, but I think these are the kind of games we want to be playing. This is how we're going to improve as a team and individually. And we don't get to play these caliber of players at all when we're here so I think it, it'll be a great game just great experience and also then I suppose one other fixture which would have preceded that would have been a trip away to Israel which obviously is a very complicated issue now um, do you know what what's going to happen with that fixture? Uh, so yeah we were supposed to be playing Israel this um, week but I think it's been pushed out to next year so we'll see how the situation evolves and um, if we can play them then Absolutely. Well, look, from everyone here in Red FM, we should have very best of luck. Uh, Sunday, the 12th of November, in Tala, of course, in the National Basketball Arena against France. Five o'clock is tip-off. Uh, Lauren Homan, uh, Brunel and Ireland, very best of luck. Thanks a million. Yeah, great stuff there. Uh, the best of luck to uh, Lauren and Ireland next week and the best of luck as well to Cove Ramblers heading into extra time as we just heard Rory uh, on the line. I just had a feeling, I had a feeling that if we kept him on the line long enough, something brilliant would happen and it did. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. We'll have reaction to that as well as Sars versus Bally Gunner and all the other games as well. Stevie G is on the way next. Thank you for listening. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.